Uh, the text line, it just, well, some of you on the text line, some of you tickle me. I got somebody playing what if right now. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that, Maestro. You, you see the what if. He, he's out there saying they're, they're going to just stop making ammo and then we won't be able to make no ammo ourselves with all that, you know, where I, I might... I think we have about 20,000 pieces of brass in one's place. And we could get the stuff and make the ammo tomorrow. Yeah. And then once they stop making the ammo, I'll have to be really good with a slingshot like David and Goliath. Oh, that's what I was saying. I mean, you can you can just, you know. The what-if game. I love the what-if game because when you're playing these QAnon disciples like this, <laughs> they always have another. They, well, they, they could do this and they could do that. This guy was out here saying that I was going to be sucked up by a laser from my phone with a low orbit, uh, a low orbit satellite that would recognize my vaccination. Wow. I wonder if he. Had, <laughs> I wonder if this person has a job. Oh hi hi there. Uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Right now, what you see going on out there amongst Israel and Hamas is that the media has been calling this a ceasefire. And for the leftists, they finally got the ceasefire they wanted. But the proper term is truce. And this is where they paused what's going on to allow humanitarian action. Netanyahu has no, no... There's nothing in his plans to sit back and say, well, we've done enough. They're not going to quit till they, till they eliminate Hamas. Eliminate Hamas. And post-Hamas, he does not expect to see a Hamas threat to Israel. Now, Hamas needs the truce to become a ceasefire in order to survive. And the Israeli counterattack is methodically working its way through Gaza City. They know what they're doing. They have the skill. And it's backed by superior firepower. Hamas has lost an estimated 5,000 people. And the bulk of their forces, maybe 20,000, have fled into southern Gaza, mixing in with refugees in the same way it tries to use civilians as human shields in the north. So... The Israeli forces are going to have to fight in other urban centers, smaller in size but overcrowded with refugees, engaged with international relief agencies. Now, it is supposed a concern for civilians caught in the combat zone that is generating all the calls for a ceasefire and the opening of supply routes into Gaza. All of this needs to be ignored for several reasons. Um, one of them being the forefront of the peace movement where their calls for liberating Palestine from river to the sea are working for the genocidal homicide cause, you know, or the Hamas calls, rather. They're pro-war, not anti-war. They just favor victory by Hamas, and in order to get that, they need a ceasefire so Hamas can refit, reconstitute, uh, you know, get, get it back together and start it again. Even those who are sincere in their concern for the loss of life are basing their appeal on some mistaken idea about urban warfare and military history. 
Which side is putting civilians at risk? When Russia was attacked by Germany, when they laid siege, uh, everybody that could get out of town got out of town, and the Russian forces did not force the civilians to stay there with them. See what I'm saying? In England, when England was being bombed by Germany, nobody made uh, made the British people stay there. As a matter of fact, my fam- my half of my family came from England post World War II. Now, Israel is dropping bombs and sending in ground troops, but who chose the targets? And the answer is Hamas, because they have deployed in populated areas and they're hiding in mosques and schools and hospitals and digging tunnels, and they pick the battlefield for their own purpose. And the more people that get killed in Gaza that are just civilians, the better for their cause. When Japan invaded the Philippines on December 8, 1941, 10 hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor, a prime objective was Manila. MacArthur wanted to spare the civilian population of the capital, so he declared Manila an open city and withdrew his troops to the Bataan Peninsula and the fortress of Corregidor. They fought until May 6, 1942, when they had to surrender. MacArthur escaped and he vowed to return to the Freedia Islands, which he did in 1944. At that time, General Tomoyuki Yamashita imitated MacArthur by declaring Manila open and retiring to the mountainous north. But Rear Admiral uh, Iwabuchi refused to follow orders, and he turned Manila into a fortress complete with tunnels and booby traps. And they had something called the Special Naval Landing Forces Marines. They set parts of the city on fire, slow the advance of the Americans while they targeted the city's civilian population to kill them indiscriminately. Urban combat is a very dangerous game. It's not like fighting in the open. It's not like fighting in the desert. It's not like fighting in the, in, in, in the jungle. Because everything out there is cover. A lot of buildings are cover. So, um, MacArthur, for you know, he considered the Filipinos to be his people, and he sought to spare them, and the Japanese considered them enemies. And after the war, Yamashita was hanged by the, for the Manila Massacre as a convicted war criminal. So does Hamas consider the people of Gaza City to be its people or enemies? They care nothing for the Gazans, even though they claim to be fighting for their cause. They take their orders from Iran, which provides the money and the training of the weapons as it does for armed groups across the region, in Lebanon, in Iraq, and in Syria, and Yemen. <clears throat> Hamas is different <clears throat> in one major respect. It is Sunni. Iran is ruled by a Shiite theocracy at war with the Sunni Arab states as well as with the Jewish state of Israel. But the Tehran Shijis are delighted to use the Sunnis as cannon fodder. They don't actually care too much about what happens to a Sunni Palestinian. They just want to destroy Israel. So they'll use these guys as they'll just let them be in the meat grinder, which is where they are. So they've armed them as they've also armed Shiite groups that are harassing Israel and American bases, but they're leaving the heavy fighting to the Sunnis. Cities are always going to be the focus of war because that's where the people are. 
Capital cities are obvious objectives, but then there's ports and industrial centers and transportation hubs. And, uh, you know, walls used to, to stop attacks, but then we, 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 we took to the air, so now there's no wall that'll stop it. The first duty of any nation in combat is to protect their own people, which is the duty of any responsible government. And the objective of war is to create a better situation for the one who wins the war. The Israelis have tried to limit the innocent civilian casualties, but Hamas is counting on that. They're counting on that restraint. So Israel actually has to liberate the Gazans from Hamas like we liberated Germany from the Nazis. If they can accomplish that mission, then every the, the whole world would be better off. Don't get confused about one thing, though. War is hell. So wherever there is war, there is always going to be this kind of thing. I just now saw this. Can you ask him to hold, please, sir? Maestro, can you ask him to hold? Okay. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Civilians are going to be casualties in war. That's just the nature of the beast. And the beast is in big capital letters. I'm going to tell you about Aurora Bird when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And, oh, it is so entertaining today. But let's go to the phones. Tim in Campobello, thank you for holding. What can I do for you? Well, yeah, listen, I was calling a while ago. I heard you say something about, like, Israel. 2% of the population was uh, armed and, like, 52% of America was armed. Yeah. You know, that's... That takes the case right there. I firmly believe that America would have been invaded by somebody already if, if there wasn't so many of us armed. And it's left to us to protect ourselves, not, not the police, not the, not the military. Right. It's my job to protect me and mine. And when I say mine, I'm talking about me and my wife and my youngest. That's my job. Right. And all these people protesting Israel and all this, that, the other person. Them Palestinians, in my opinion, Israel are also going there and kill all of them. That's the only way you're going to get rid of this stuff. I mean, really, they, they can knock it down a while, then it'll come right back. I mean, it's like a cancer. And these people that protesting against Israel, they're good. I mean, it, it makes no sense to me how in the world they could be siding with them folks. Because, let me say this. These people that protest them and hollering and carrying on, they need to be real careful whose face they get in to holler and carry on. Do you know if that makes sense why I'm saying that? Well, it does, but I mean, even the ones they're protesting for, like the queers for Palestine? Yeah. Can you turn that, Can you turn your radio down a little bit? Well, I'm trying to 
trying to. I'm yeah. trying. I've got y'all blue suits. I'm gonna fix the truck. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Well, anyway, I, I agree with everything you say. It's the first twenty minutes that are important when you have to defend yourself, and you got to be able to do it yourself. Sorry, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Yeah, first twenty minutes is what matters, without a doubt. Let's go to let's talk about Aurora Bird. This is a twenty-something woman who has decided that what she was born as was not enough. So she has chopped off her breasts, and she's claiming to be both transgender and non-binary. Which I don't know how you do both at the same time. Non-binary means, in my in my view, that you're basically, you can be whatever you want. And transgender means that you've gone from one gender to the other. Aurora has a very skimpy beard and mustache. Feminine features. Still wears makeup. And she's seriously contemplating converting to Islam. <laughs> but she is, uh, you know, she has 60,000 followers on TikTok, which should tell you just about anything, uh, you know. She identifies herself as an artist, an herbalist, and a person afflicted with ADHD. So she's one of the hordes of young neurodivergent people who see a virtue in their mental illness. But she won't describe it as mental illness that she cut off healthy tissue and takes testosterone and identifies as something other than the woman that she was born to be. And despite this sexual confusion, her life revolves around her sexual identity. And that's all that she is. And she's quite aggressive against it and uh, she she gets up on, I, I watch, so I'm not going to play them for you. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your time. And of course, of course, um, you know, one of the things that Bird misses, because she's also one of those queers for Palestine, is what would happen if she converted to Islam and she actually went there and, and did a pilgrimage to go to Mecca. Uh, that would go well. Muslim countries take seriously the risk that you run at a spiritual level by allowing homosexuality within their borders. In Iran, which is basically the Palestinian backer, they both made homosexuality, homosexuality a capital crime, as do Brunei, Sudan, Somalia, and Mauritania. ISIS has made it a sport to see how far they can throw a gay man off of a roof and how far he's going to bounce when he hits the ground. The Palestinians 
the Ham the Hamas, you know, those guys. They executed one of the group's leading commanders over allegations of gay sex and theft. <laughs> they detained him for a year and then they then they capped him three times in the chest. The guy who was uh, he was in charge of a number of the uh, the tunnels. He was also executed for moral turpitude, a Hamas term for homosexuality. So I say this, and I say this in all candor, simply because I I do not believe that if you are gay, that that is a reason that you should be killed, that you should be murdered simply because you're gay. There's no reason for anyone to be murdered at all. But that is definitely way i mean that there's it just shouldn't be that 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 shouldn't even be a thing and yet a lot of people in that leftist blue no matter who mindset get out there and support these groups it would kill them kill them and aurora is a moron the only problem with Aurora being a moron that she is in the company of many other morons. She represents a huge and growing group of leftists who've been brainwashed into believing any number of lies about everything from biological reality to the alleged core humanism in the Quran and everything in between. And I, I, I often get out there and I, I make the statement that perception is reality. And for a lot of people, th these altered perceptions have taken over their life. To where it's, it's the, they, they've got something now that is the centerpiece of their life, like in this case with Aurora, her sexuality, whatever it is. And I guess it can be whatever she wants it to be at any given time. I'm not exactly sure how that works. I'd have to have a scorecard. I have to put something up on a paper, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to uh, get out there. And uh, I wonder how that conversation goes between a young woman and her surgeon. How would that go? Hi there. I'm perfectly healthy. Yep. But I want these cut off because I want, I, I'm, I'm not a girl. Well, I, I know I'm built like a girl and everything. I'm, I'm, I was born, you know, I was, I saw this too. I saw this the other day. I had to fill out something for, a, at, at a pharmacy. And at the top, it said, what birth was I assigned? What gender was I assigned at birth? <laughs> oh gosh. It's getting crazy out here. And Aurora is a big symptom of what's going on. And it, it's, you know, just being morons. So I hate to tell you that. All of you queers for Palestine, listen, I do not begrudge you being gay. Couldn't care less. Do, do your thing. What you do in the privacy of your own, your own home is none of my business and it's not for me to judge. However, if you get your way and you get these people over here, you'll have some Algerians over here stabbing five-year-olds at kindergarten. Is that what you're about? Are you about having gay people thrown off of buildings? Is that what you're about? Are you about having grandmothers raped? Is that what you're about? That's, that, that's, that's my only question because while you're out there supporting it, guess what? That's what you're about. So, so anyway. 
Let's talk a little bit about the coming election, shall we? I haven't covered that at all today. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. I tried to get out of the, uh, in, in the run-up to Black Friday and everything, I tried to get out of the uh, whole election mindset just for a minute because of, you know, some of the silliness out there, right? I, I see a lot of pundits out there that I respect a great deal that get out there and say the best guy for the job is Trump, but Trump can't win. And then in the same breath, they'll tell them how the Democrat, how, how core constituencies of the Democrats like Hispanics and black America, <clears throat> excuse me, is fleeing the democratic party and coming to the Republican party, which is primarily because of a lot, a lot of black people that voted for Trump and Trump continues to win every debate they hold on the Republican side without ever even showing up. And they all get out there and say, well, I think he should be here to answer for himself. Well, you know. And what have we got? What have we got so far? Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley learned how to text. How many of you get texts from Nikki Haley? I get about 78 a day. Uh, the the guy that I think will one day be president, Ron DeSantis, he, he's not putting out any texts, but he... Uh, he, he likes to throw out the endorsements as soon as they happen, which, you know, that's what you do in a campaign. Uh, Ramaswamy, he wanted to be the, the biggest Trump-like non-Trump out there. And Chris Christie, who still shows up, he's too busy uh, looking at you and saying, you're wrong for a lot of reasons for liking what you like. And as far as the nomination goes... If things keep going on the current trajectory, none of this matters. None of this matters. So, everybody that tried to do everything they could wish for to make these various people happen, failed. And uh, none of these debates have actually been a newsworthy thing except for watching a bunch of people argue amongst themselves. Which you could do the same thing watching, you know, a Mari Povich show. This past weekend, Trump was in Columbia, South Carolina. And he stepped out on the field and everybody went nuts. In South Carolina. Then he had a similar moment in Iowa and in New Hampshire. Then he went to Florida. So. This is how the caucuses will probably shake out. And this is what I think might happen. Trump will probably win in Iowa on the 15th of January. On the 23rd, then he wins New Hampshire. That will put down the Chris Christie campaign. Now this puts pressure on Haley and DeSantis. And, uh, and you're going you're gonna to be looking for one to endorse the other. And if things are going this way, the logical thing to do, if you think South Carolina is going to uh, 
going to be the place where they stop Trump, then that means DeSantis has to stop and endorse Haley. But then there's the 3rd of February where Trump wins Nevada. Then on the 24th, he's here in South Carolina, and, uh, well, he wins South Carolina. And then he's 4-0. And that's what all the data are pointing to when you get past all the talking points and all the preferences and all the postulation and all the propaganda. All the data points point to this. At that point, he's the nominee for all practical purposes. He may be campaigning from the steps of courthouses. Now, Democrats, <laughs> the Democrats have waited a very long time to do anything. And Joe Biden is not going to voluntarily step down. So he's their guy. Everybody can, unless he dies, I guess if he died, that would change things. But in, if he's if he's up and living, he's going to be the guy. So while everybody's out there saying, I hope Michelle Obama doesn't run, and I hope Gavin Newsom, you know, and Pete Buttigieg, well, it, nobody's going to take it from him. He's a one-term, first-termer Democratic incumbent. And he's the Obama guy. And uh, unless Michelle Obama wants to get involved in it, and I don't think she really does, but I don't know. I don't speak with her very often. The Democrats have messed up their primary schedule. They got a bunch of low-energy, low-performing, least-liked incumbents in the modern era. And at the top of it is Biden. And the Republicans, if Rona McDaniel will actually get up and actually do a job for a change, they could get out there and lay out the general campaign narrative and then drive that home. Economy, national security threats, border, economy. And this is going to be a battle to win the middle, right? Now, interestingly enough, if Trump is the nominee... He can look at this and he can claim, I have fixed the middle once and I can fix it again. And he'll say, now give me a chance to fix it for good. Because remember this about Trump. If he becomes the nominee and becomes president, he will not be running for re-election. When you're a politician and you've done, this is your last time, You're going to do whatever it is you want to do. And with Trump, we'll see. With Trump, we'll see. But <laughs> somebody's saying, Bill, they're going to install Nikki Haley. Who's they? Ronald McDaniel? I doubt it. See, <clears throat> Ronald McDaniel, <clears throat> she has allowed herself to be made sort of a non-sequitur in this particular thing because she got out there and she tried to control everybody that's involved in the uh, this wanting to, to debate. And Ron DeSantis got out there and said, no, you're not in, in charge of my campaign. Which he should because getting out there and, and attaching your wagon to Rowan McDaniel is a, a formula for losing. So by the 24th of February, Trump could very likely be, he, he could have the nomination sewed up. And for all of those that are out there saying he can't win, he can't do this, all of these people that are basing this, they're basing this off of polls, which what do I say about polls? You don't ever listen to a poll. 
You don't go by a poll. Polls are propaganda. They're psychological tools to use against you, especially exit polls. Those are the, mo those are the most nefarious polls I've ever seen because they're out there and they're like, well, today in the most important election in the world's history, Joe Biden leads and there's really no need for anybody else to go and vote because Joe Biden got this sewed up. That's what the exit poll says. Anyway, so that's what we're saying it says. And you're looking at it, and Trump leads by 10%. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, DeSantis will be in it later, and I look forward to that time when DeSantis gets in it. My, uh, you know, these, this is where the data points. I, I live in a world of data. I like facts, and I like logic. So, right now, the Biden administration, this whole electric kebab they put together, it's becoming Solyndra. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The electric vehicle. We'll have those one day. We're not quite there yet. And right now it's just being used as a grift. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Proterra got a lot of money. And they filed for bankruptcy in August. They sold their heavily subsidized uh, battery business at a rock-bottom price as part of the bankruptcy proceeding. And uh, the rise and fall of Proterra is a really good object lesson that politicians should refrain from betting your money on business ventures to advance their political agenda. According to the Wall Street Journal, they were founded in 2004. They've sold 550 electric transit buses. Most of those were underwritten by government agencies with federal grants. They had mechanical defects and performance issues such as limited range and long charging times. And they only survived as long as they had due to their powerful political connections. Like Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm, former Michigan Governor, now Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm, she uh, served on its board. And they went public. They started trading public in January 2021. And they got another $650 million, more than three times its annual revenue. And more than a month after the company's IPO, Biden tapped Granholm as the Granholm as the Secretary Energy or Energy Secretary. And their political connection to the Biden administration paid off in many ways. Then they got $6.5 of your dollars in grants to help replace diesel-powered school and transit buses with electric ones. And Biden, of course, he was out there saying they were getting us in the game. And Proterra and the other electric vehicle companies would end up owning the future. Well, they have to stay in business long enough to see it, though, you know. Then the Inflation Reduction Act put some more money in Proterra's coffer. And... Uh, but it gave a massive government handout to the green energy sector as a whole. And the IRA includes a 40000 per vehicle tax credit for purchasing electric commercial vehicles and an additional tax credit for EV batteries. 
They admitted. <laughs> they admitted in their quarterly report that the availability of this new unprecedented level of government funding for our customers, suppliers, and competitors to help fund purchases of commercial electric vehicles and battery systems will remain an important factor in our company's growth prospects. Because... <laughs> Because we're not going to make any money otherwise. Then, Biden appointed Gareth Joyce, CEO of Proterra, to serve on the Export Council in February of this year. But they, they, they created a new meme just by themselves, by the, just in this, 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 this whole little saga in their very short and uh, brief life. Backed by Biden and buried by Biden. Now, all this spending has caused high inflation rates. And the, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates. And higher rates increase production and operation costs for many companies. Warren Buffett said one time, only when the tide goes out do you learn who's been swimming naked. And Proterra was swimming naked in the new environment. And they struggled because they had difficulty passing the rising cost on to its existing customers. Because all of their existing customers were government agencies. And once their budget was expended for this, there was no room to move. And they couldn't outsource the production overseas or import components at uh, lower costs. When you receive a government grant, there's strings attached. And one of those was that Proterra must produce at least 70% of their EV components in America. So they couldn't afford to cut the price on their EVs to drive up the sales. <laughs> and finally, with the pressure of rising inflation and high interest rates and falling sales, they filed for bankruptcy. Volvo bought Proterra's battery business for $210 million, which was a great deal because they had valued it at $1.6 billion a year ago. Jennifer Granholm sold her Proterra shares for $1.6 million. They would have been worth nothing if she'd held on to her shares until this August. So she didn't lose. Only you lost. You lost. You lost a lot of money. Also, Michigan-based Electric Last Mile declared bankruptcy in June 2022. Ohio-based Lordstown Motors went bankrupt a year later. And they, they benefited from the Biden administration climate handouts, but the economic consequences of the same policies doomed them. Even the big, you know, the big three. I mean, Ford is losing $4 billion a year in their, in their EV business. So they were relying on the sales of the gas-powered vehicles and the government subsidies to offset the EV business. All over but the shouting. Talk to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. 